Welcome to the Married with Picks podcast, season three, episode two, week two. So someone was on fire last week, Stephen. It wasn't me. Yeah, I had some good picks last week. You did. Came out of the gate. I was surprised. Hitting pretty well. I don't so know exactly. So we were on the opposite side of a lot of games, so it was inevitable that one of us was going to be wrong. Um, well, I know we bet on two games. We did, up. and I forgot to. And I won both of them. You did. I forgot to bring your money up. I was going to give you 50 and tell you to keep the change. Oh, that would have nice. I'll collect my 40 later then. All right. Um, so before we get started on week two, remember, if you're watching, like us um, on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and we're available anywhere you get your podcasts. All right. So that's fine. Week two. Uh, full slate of games here, except the game that already went off last night. So first game on my list is the New York Jets at the Cleveland Browns. This opened at minus four and a half in favor of Cleveland, and it's up to minus six and a half in favor of Cleveland. So we have Joe Flacco again starting for the Jets, and I would like to pick against Joe Flacco and the Jets if it wasn't Jacoby Brissett on the other side. Um, so I know the Jets run defense was bad last year. I think that works well for the Browns. So I lean in their direction, but I just really can't do it with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Um, I don't really like one way either side. I mean, they both are teams that I don't really like right now. I can't really get behind Joe Flacco. Um, leading the Jets, and I'm not really strong on Cleveland either. If I had to take a side, I'd probably go Cleveland, but I'll probably stay away. All right. Next game up is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. So this is an interesting game um, because since Tom Brady became a Buck, they have lost all four regular season games to the Saints. They did win in the playoffs Um not this past year, but the year before. So the way that they've done that is their defense by getting pressure on Brady. Last week, it didn't seem like they got a lot of pressure against the Falcons. So that kind of has me worried, but it's the same defense. Like essentially the defense didn't change much in the off season. The defensive coordinator is now the head coach. Tampa Bay has some issues on their offensive line. They're missing their uh, center, Ryan Jensen. Um, I think we saw Brady yelling at one of his tackles during the game uh, last week. Uh, it sounds like Godwin will not play. Um, and they have a couple other guys that are questionable. Julio, Burnett, um, I assume he will play. So I guess for me, it really comes down to whether last week was an outlier with the Saints defense um, or what but i have to assume that that's the case so i'm gonna lean saints here and this open at minus four and a half in favor of tampa it's actually down to minus two and a half um so i would prefer to get it around three do you have any thoughts i feel the same way i did last year when these two teams matched up like i'm leaning i want to take tampa I think they obviously have the more talented roster, but New Orleans seems to have Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay 
offensive game plan figured out. Um, you know, New Orleans is seven and one against the spread and straight up in the last eight versus Tampa Bay. So it's really tough to go against them. Do you do you worry about the fact that they didn't get much pressure on Mariota last week? I do. I do because um they really were losing that game for most of the way and came back and were able to, you know, snag victory from the jaws of defeat per se. But you know, I'm not really strong on New Orleans, but they're playing at home. It is a tough place to win, and they do seem to have Tampa's number very recently. So um I'm gonna I would take New Orleans. Okay. All right. So we're in agreement. Especially it's under three. It's there. going down. Well, we're losing points there. Yeah. yeah so sorry. Yeah. It's so you probably side of it. prefer to get it at least a three. Um, all right. So next game up is the Carolina Panthers at the New York Giants. So we actually have the New York Giants as a favorite here, um, which doesn't feel good. Um, I'm I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan. I kind of feel like he probably put it all on the field last week and couldn't get it done. So that probably doesn't bode well for them going on the road in week two. Um, Brian Dable got his first victory as a head coach of the New York Giants, where they pulled out the victory over my Titans with a kind of ballsy move at the end there, going for the two points rather than just kicking the uh, extra point to tie it. So I feel like they're going to ride the momentum. Um, so I would definitely lean Giants, but it just it doesn't feel right to take the Giants as a favorite. Um, and it opened at minus two and a half, and it's down to two. Your thoughts? Well, Matt Rule had a tough one last week in the Carolina Panthers <clears throat> when uh, they lost to Cleveland. And that was kind of the Baker Mayfield revenge game. Yeah, you know, revenge game. Which has started out rough, but he did he did kind of come to life a little in the second half. And you gotta think he's going into a new offense. He hasn't been there that long. Um, so he should only get better the more time that he gets playing uh with Carolina. The Giants, we had I had the Giants last last week. It was very good to see um Dable kind of get his persona locked in on the team's team's attitude, you know, going for two, um, being risky. You got nothing to lose coming out of the gate first game. So I like the way he was coaching, but I'm going to go against him. I'm going to go for Carolina and take the points. I cannot at this point um, take the Giants when they're favored home okay. or away. So a couple stats I'm looking at Carolina's four and one straight up in their last five games. Uh, that matters here because they're getting points. So, uh, you know, as long as they win the game, they'll cover the spread. The Giants are one and six in their last seven against the spread. So, um, supporting facts there for Carolina. But nonetheless, I like to see Matt Rule get his first win in week two here with the Carolina Panthers. Okay. All right. Next game up is the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Open at minus one and a half in favor of the Patriots. It's up to two. So we have the Patriots lost last week to the Dolphins, only able to muster seven points in that one. The Steelers defense dominated Joe Burrow and the Bengals, um, but they didn't get much done on offense. And uh, TJ Watt was responsible for a lot of that. And he, I guess, was injured in that game. He's now on injured reserve. So they will be without TJ Watt, um, who is a difference maker on the defense. I don't feel good about this game at all, um, but I would lean Patriots. Yeah, New England's 4-1 and one in the last five against the spread versus Pittsburgh. Um, I don't like to see 
New England go 0-2 to start the season. I don't think that happens here. Pittsburgh got the win last week in overtime. Um, I think their records will even out after this game. New England, even though they are on the road and giving up points, if it's under three, I think this is probably around a three-point game, if not more, for the New England Patriots. Okay. All right, next game up is the Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, So Colts obviously lost last week. We have a visitor at the door. Um, Oh, my God. (laughs) The Colts lost last week um, in a a tough game there with the – who did they play? Colts? Yeah. Draw the total Uh, Houston. Houston, that's right. Um, so, and then historically, the Colts have struggled in Jacksonville. They actually, we all know about the game last year where Carson Wentz kind of stuck a fork in himself as far as being the quarterback for the Colts. It was the last game of the regular season. Yeah, um, that they needed the victory to get in the playoffs. Um, but, so, but Carson's not there this year. And it's Matt Ryan. Right, but historically, so since 2014, the Colts have not won a game in Jacksonville. It doesn't um, make sense. It doesn't make sense? Yeah, yeah, they have not. I mean, you wouldn't think so because Jacksonville hasn't been that good. But right. if you go back to, you know, you're going back there to like 2018, those those Jacksonville teams were pretty good. Remember Blake Bortles had him in the AFC Championship against New England. Blake Bortles. Yeah, remember that guy. Hey? Yeah. Like he a blast was uh, from the past. one of those quarterbacks that was good for fantasy, bad for raw football. Um. But, so I, uh, I guess my position on this is I have to take the points. Yeah, with Jacksonville. Yes. Yeah, I would take Jacksonville. Um, and actually, it opened. I have to. I keep forgetting to say the lines at the get go. It opened at minus five and a half in favor of the Colts. It's down to minus three and a half. Dougie had the guys battling last week in Washington. And, I thought you know, they were going to win that game. They came back and took the lead. You know, I they just kind of, you know, you got to teach a young team how to win the game and, you know, put their proverbial foot on the throats of their opponent. So, you know, there's going to be oh, some growing pains there in Jacksonville, but I, I think this is a win. If you didn't want to point out that it is uh, Doug Peterson versus Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator. Yeah. So uh, we're talking about the 2017 World Championship winning Eagles, Super Bowl winning Eagles. And uh, Frank Wycheck was the offensive coordinator uh, for the Eagles under Doug Peterson, who was the head coach. You have that same matchup here, head coach versus head coach is Doug Peterson is the coach at Jacksonville. And we have Frank Reich at Indy. So I like Indy long-term for the season, um, but I think this game, you know, you could see where they win and not cover, but I like Jacksonville. Okay. All right. So we're, now we're on the same side of a lot of these games. So I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, all right. So the next game up is the Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. This it's usually good, but let's not jinx ourselves. Is open at minus three and a half in favor of the Ravens, and it is at minus three and a half in favor of the Ravens. Um, so both teams got wins last week. Not sure either of them looked great in doing so. I definitely don't think the Ravens did. Um, Interestingly, Lamar did not run much in that game. And I kind of thought that this whole contract situation might go that direction where he wouldn't want to like risk injury. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Um, Historically, the Ravens have dominated this matchup. However, last year, the Dolphins did win um, 22 to 10. I think that game was in Miami. 
Um, and they did so, I think, by blitzing Lamar quite a bit. So it is the same defensive coordinator there in Miami, even though um, the head coach has changed. A lot of the staff is the same. So I'm going to take the points and go with the Dolphins. Um, I definitely like having that hook on there. Um, I like the Dolphins as well. I'm just not big on Baltimore. I think the game plan is kind of out there to contain uh, Lamar and make him throw the ball. And I think that's a lot of what was going on last week. But you make a great point about him not wanting to risk further injury with him not being able to come to a contract extension agreement with the Ravens before the season started. So we know it's pretty public that he said that he's not going to negotiate during the season. So right before the season started, he came out with that announcement. And it would be interesting if that's really something that's affecting him with his play on the field, electing not to run the ball and put himself at risk for injury. But I think the story here is Mike McDaniel. That was a very big statement game. They've beaten New England before, uh, which they did in week one, the Miami Dolphins, that is. And uh, I think it's one of the teams this year you got to watch out for to make a run to the Super Bowl. It's really going to come down to Tua. In many of these cases, it's you know it does come down to the quarterback. It's not saying anything. Um, that nobody doesn't know. But uh, a couple stats here for you, Jacqueline. Miami's 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10. Uh, they're 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six September games. Baltimore is 1-6 and six straight up in their last seven, and they are favored here. So especially with the hook, I like it. I think Miami does no worse than lose by three. I'll take Dolphins plus three and a half. Okay. All right. So we're in agreement again. Next game, Washington Commanders at the Detroit Lions. And this is another situation where we have um, a team that you don't normally see as a favorite. So the Detroit Lions, it opened at minus or no, it opened at minus two and a half in favor of Washington. And it's now minus one and a half in favor of Detroit. So um, I don't have a lot like to back up anything on this game. I like Dan Campbell. I don't like Carson Wentz. Um, Swift looked really good last week against the Eagles. Uh, He is questionable, so I would keep an eye on that. I would feel much better, obviously, if he's in the game. Um, I think these teams are kind of equal, though. They don't have great quarterbacks. Um, Their defenses are not great. Um, But I, I just love the Lions for some reason. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to take the Detroit Lions as a one and a half point favorite. It's an interesting game. I'll tell you, if Carson Wentz pulls this one out, I'll wear the Washington Redskins football team shirt, Washington football team shirt. I always have to say the Redskins on accident. Um, But I'm kind of half cheering. I find myself half cheering for Carson to see if he does good. I at least want him to be healthy enough to, be on the field when the Washington football team plays the Philadelphia Eagles for the first time. So um, with all that being said, I don't like a pick here. I could see either team winning. Okay. All right. Next game is the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. It opened at minus eight and a half in favor of San Fran. It's at minus nine. So we do have and these next few. We have a lot of big lines for week two of the season. Um, so when comfortably big. Yeah. So when Seattle beat Denver on Monday night, um, I thought I can't wait to bet against the Seahawks next week. When I looked at the schedule and I saw who they were playing, it didn't make me feel too good. Um, 
So I kind of felt like they probably like that was the best version of the Seahawks that you're going to see because it was their game against Russell Wilson. Um, but what makes you not feel good about it is, is San Francisco's performance right, right last week against Chicago. Right. So I kind of feel like that was their what the best you're going to get out of Seattle. And really, they should have yeah. lost that game. I mean, there was two fumbles at the goal line. Oh, obviously, yeah, the end miracle. of game situation. Um, that was a fix is what that was. But <laughs> it was a fix or divine intervention, you know, coming down and slapping the hand of Russell Wilson for leaving the Seahawks. Hmm. Um, or forcing his way out the door, let's say. So and then obviously last week, um, the 49ers took on the Bears in Chicago, it was the field was like ridiculously wet. Um, and so I don't know how much credit we can give to that game. They did lose that game. Um, and then we also have the video on uh, the Internet surfacing of Trey Lance making it rain at the strip club. Um, I don't know if it was later that night or but whatever. Um, <laughs> Trey Lance had to the big L into Chicago strip clubs. Definitely not a good look. And I'm pretty sure that Kyle Shanahan is not the type of guy to appreciate that. So, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is not, and he's probably going to exploit that within the locker room. Well, I don't know. He had some story with a stripper. So, <laughs> well, it's, it depends on the timing of the situation. right? Um, but yeah, I almost feel like we may, then very, he was pro stripper. Now he's probably anti stripper just cause it suits his case. I feel like we may very well see Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. I don't know. I, I mean, know. I would I think... prefer to see Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. If Jimmy Garoppolo was in this game, I would take the 49ers. Um, and another interesting thing, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I haven't made a pick. But another interesting thing is that um, since Kyle Shanahan took over the 49ers head coach job in 2017, Seattle has won all but two matchups against the 49ers, which is kind of surprising because I give Kyle Shanahan a lot of credit for being a good and innovative coach. So him versus Pete Carroll, I would have thought that he got the best of the um, matchup. And Can't he hasn't. On Pete Carroll. He's a very good coach. I mean, he had Russell Wilson. I guess maybe that makes a difference. But so I'm really, t- I don't want to take Seattle, but I can't take San Francisco at minus nine. Like, why do they even deserve to be minus nine? They're 0-1. The line's they uncomfortably have a, big. Essentially, rookie quarterback. I don't want to take Seattle. I don't think anybody wants to take Seattle. But if you're going to give more than a touchdown after what we saw in Week One, even though there's a lot of fortunate things that happened for Seattle and unfortunate things that happened to San Francisco, the line just looks too big for Trey Lance being the starting quarterback to come in here and be a nine and a half point favorite. So you're basically saying Trey Lance. And the 49ers are going to make it, you know, a two-score game. And I just don't see it. I, I'm not a big fan of this game. I probably won't bet it. But if I had to, I would take the points in Seattle. Really? So, yeah, I would probably just put it in a <clears throat> teaser and take San Fran. If you get it at like two and a half through the seven, through the three. I don't, yeah, I'm not looking at this as one of my strong plays. So, okay. All right, next game up. Both teams stink in my mind. I mean, the, San Fran's supposed to be decent. But listen, just remember, George Kittle got hurt. I mean, that's a big part of their offense. So oh, and, uh, George Kittle and the running backs. Now you yeah. got Jeff Wilson in there, which might not be but that bad matter. because he was a leading running back in 2020 for San Fran. So yeah. he has been established. Remember, they got rid of Trey Sermon uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles. So, but they got rid of who else? They got rid of somebody else. 
Um, but anyway, I agree. <laughs> what? One of the other guys that they had last yeah, year what's is his going name? to. What's his name? So, but it generally Kyle Shanahan just plugs in a running back and it seems to work. So, all right. Next game, Atlanta Falcons at the LA Rams. It opened at minus 13 and a half in favor of the Rams. It's down to minus 10. Um, so like last year we saw the Rams would kind of beat up on the bad teams. Um, and play, play a closer game with the better teams. I don't know. I have absolutely no clue what the Falcons are. I mean, I can't say they're a good team, but maybe they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be because I really thought they were going to be a complete dumpster fire. And they at least competed with the Saints. Um, and I guess they did lose in typical Atlanta fashion, like be in the game until the end and screw it up. So um, it's a big line. I don't know. Obviously, the Rams are the Super Bowl um, winner. So are they going to go 0-2 to start the season? I don't think so. So, but I just don't know what to make of the Falcons. Well, you think that the Rams would get a wake-up call after they got the ball shoved up, you know, their defensive <laughs> line against Buffalo. They really looked bad in that game. So I think in this game, and, and again, I don't really like this game either. Mariota, we like let we were on the side of Mariota in Atlanta last week against New Orleans. They were playing. I was not. You were. I was. And uh I think I'm, I would flip it if I had to, but I'm not huge on the Rams either because uh, I worry about what I saw out of Stafford. And if you get defensive pressure from Atlanta, he might be in trouble. But are but, they? I mean, is Atlanta's defense that good? No, I don't think they're that good. I think yeah. Atlanta probably, you know, Mariota gets a good defense uh, of effort and a push up the middle um, from Donald. It's going to be in his face and, you know, probably – First of all, he'll make mistakes, but he's they're going to look to roll him out and get the running game going. They're really going to have to utilize Patterson to even have a chance. So we'll see what happens there, but I think they're one-dimensional from that factor. I would take the Rams if I had to, but it's not a pick for me. Okay. I would probably put that in a teaser and take the Rams. I would feel better about teasing the Rams than San Fran. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next game is the Houston Texans at the Denver Broncos. Um, so just like before when Denver lost last week, I was looking forward to taking Denver this week. Um, they open at minus 10 and a half favorites. It's down to 10. It's still a big line. Um, but you do have the Texans traveling into Denver in week two of the season playing at altitude. I think that's definitely going to have an effect. There were some statistics about playing at the altitude early in the season, um, because they're not as whatever the word is, um, their endurance or whatever. So I don't trust the Denver head coach at all, um, but I'm inclined to take Denver at the minus 10. I don't want to go any higher than that. I mean, this is, I think this matchup shows you what is great about the NFL. Like it's Denver and Houston. It should be like, <clears throat> not, a, not a matchup that really piques your interest too much, but a matchup like Denver and Houston here for me. I mean, I think if you're an NFL fan, you're really interested in seeing what happens with this result because you have Russell Wilson, who didn't look good on Monday night, um, having his first home game with about a double-digit uh, favorite. Most of the lines are 10 right now. I do see one nine and a half. Did open at 10 and a half. But Houston, I mean, I'm really interested to see what Davis Mills can do because I think as he he's shown that as he gets more comfortable – with more playing time because he got a lot of playing time last year that he might be, you know, pretty effective. They, they drew, <laughs> they had a draw 
um, with Indianapolis last week. Really, the most interesting thing, especially if you play fantasy, is is the Pierce guy uh, playing running back for Houston. He got bottled up last week, but I look for him to have a big bounce back game here. It's going to be tough to run against Denver, but I think they're going to get him going and Houston's going to keep this within uh, 10 points. So a couple stats for you. Houston's four and one in their last five against the spread. Denver's one and four in their last five against the spread. So opposite records, four and one for Houston, one and four for Denver. Um, Denver's also one nine straight up versus. But does that mean anything? Because it's essentially a different 10. team. You have a different head coach. You have a different quarterback. Yeah, if you want to make the argument, if you like stats, that's what we're given. So, uh, if you like stats, then those are some stats that are good for Houston. Uh, but they just back up my position that I like Davis Mills to be able to keep it within ten points, and I would take Houston. Okay. All right. Do you like Denver? I do like Denver, but I'm not going to bet you because now it's like the jinx. So, okay, we're just not going to bet anymore? No, especially when it's a 10-point line. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, you next. You're looking to bet every game if you won the first two, as opposed to losing the first two week one. I'm convinced that the reason I lost is because I bet you. The reason the Cincinnati Bengals lost was because I bet you. Okay, well, let's let's test that theory with <laughs> no. Houston and Denver. I'm, no. And I'll, listen, I won't even make it 10. I'll make it nine and a half. You give me seven, I'll bet you. Give me seven and a half. No, I want seven. No, I need the hook. I mean, it's 10. The line's 10. You're I know. looking for three points. You're looking for a bet. All right, get out of here. Scram, punk. <laughs> Next game <laughs> is the Arizona Cardinals at the Las Vegas Raiders. So these are both 0-1 teams at this point. Um, so Arizona was kind of, I was interested to see what happened last week. Um, it didn't look good for them. They were without a few players. Um, their center did not play. JJ Watt did not play. And Rondell Moore, uh, was out. He will be out again this week. I believe the center and JJ Watt were limited participants at practice. So their status would still be up in the air. Um, I don't really have a lot on this. I don't know what to make of the Cardinals. I mean, you have a team that came out last year and was like undefeated, what, 10 an hour or something. Um, and they kind of look like crap week one this season. Um, Raiders obviously have added some talent. Um, it opened at minus three and a half in favor of the Raiders. It's up to minus five and a half. So that's a reaction to how bad the Cardinals were. So... I mean, I would probably lean Raiders, but I don't have a strong take on this at all. I think Arizona looked horrible last week. They seem to not be able to change their defensive scheme to go against, uh, you know, to not blitz, which is something that you don't do to Patrick Mahomes. You don't blitz him because he will find the weakness in your defense that you leave open based off sending an extra guy at the quarterback. And he took full advantage of them last week. I don't know if Arizona is going to do the same thing, but Devontae Adams should have a very successful uh, campaign. Look for him to get the tight end involved as well. I like Las Vegas here. Um, Arizona is one and six against the spread in their last seven and one and four against the spread in the last five versus the Raiders. Um, I like Vegas. I'll okay. give up six and a half. I like it under seven. The line's flashing some places down to six. So six, five and a half. I have five, five and a half. half. All right. That's perfect. All right. Um, next game is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Dallas Cowboys. Open at minus one and a half. It's up to minus seven. Uh, that would be because, number one, the Cowboys looked pretty bad last week regardless. Number two, they lost Dak in that game. So they will have Cooper Rush at quarterback. Um, so I already bet this at six and a half. 
when it came out after um, we knew that Dak wasn't going to play. Yeah. So, and that would be my play of the week. And all the money is going to be on the Bengals, but at least it's a four o'clock game. So I'm not as worried about it. Um, and people keep saying like the line shouldn't have moved that much, blah, 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 blah. I think it should have. I think it should have moved more. So Bengals. Yeah, I don't have a pick for this game. I just worry about Dallas <clears throat> keeping it to within seven. It feels like an, it feels weird. One of those games. It seems like an easy Bengals win. And if I had to bet it, I'd take the Bengals. But I'm not going to make it a play because this looks like uh, could be a sucker bet. Okay. All right. Next game, Chicago Bears at the Green Bay Packers. Um, do you want to take this one? Chicago's 8-2 in their last 10. Um in September game straight up. Green Bay is one of five against the spread in their last six. I like Chicago. It's not just because of those stats. They are getting <laughs> what well, opened at eight and a half and they're getting 10 now. So I see it 10 and a half in a couple places. Who knows? This is Friday night by game time. You might have a full 11 points. I would take Chicago because I just don't think that Green Bay, I don't see it. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. People are like, you know, the Vikings this, and then the Green Bay is is good. The Vikings just had their number. I think the Vikings are pretty decent, right? And I think they're going to be good this year. But regardless, Green Bay is in trouble, okay? They don't have Devontae Adams anymore. I know they're uh, – who's their number one receiver now that was there last year? Lazard. Yeah, Lazard is back this week. So I don't. he didn't play much last week, right? He was uh, out last week. He's questionable for this week. Yeah, so I'm hearing he's playing. But <laughs> regardless, I don't think he's that good. I mean, he's okay. Well, he's definitely no Devontae Adams. Yeah, and I just think that they're in trouble without Devontae Adams. I think Aaron Rodgers is bound to – he's getting old and – Distracted. I think that he's definitely going to um, have issues winning games without Devontae Adams. I mean, look even at like how many games they barely won because Devontae Adams could get a late touchdown. They don't have that guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams definitely had like yeah. a bulk share of the targets. And I'm hearing a lot of like Green Bay this week. Like, oh, they're going to well, bounce think, back. Like, just, yeah. it was just the Vikings. I'm like, it's not just the Vikings. It's the, the Green Bay Packers suck. All right, I'm going to tell you this right now. So I'm going to take the Bears. I'm going to take the points, and I'm going to love it. I don't think Justin Fields is that great, but are they going to keep it? I see, I, I see like a 24-21 game either way. Well, and the other thing, this was the team where Aaron Rodgers said, I own you last year when they played. So that's definitely like beat the shit out fodder of for the they Bears. They want to come back and beat the to, shit out of them, and I don't blame them. To compete here. And I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think Adam's leaving, it, it's a big deal because that was his guy, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't trust those other guys. Yeah. Um, and he gets what he deserves because he's making $50 million a year. So there's no reason that he had to take that much. He took the money and then expected Adams would stay and take less money. And that just wasn't the case. So, all right. I'm with you on that one. I think you got to take the points. Um, all right. Next game. So we're on to the Monday night games. We have two Monday night games this week. I'm not exactly clear on why television broadcasting apparently. So we have the Tennessee Titans at the Buffalo Bills. It opened at minus seven and a half in favor of the Bills. It's up to minus 10. That's the 7.15 p.m. Eastern time game. So we've seen Tennessee step up in these big games the last couple of years. They beat the Bills both times when they played in the regular season um, in the last two seasons. Unfortunately, they're not the same team, I don't think. And they also lost Harold Landry, who is one of their linebackers. Last week. Um, so, and I kind of feel like the Bills are on a little bit of a revenge tour and the Titans would probably be on their list. Um, so it's a big line. 
Um, but I almost lean Bills. This is the one game where the big line does not scare me. I'm all over the Bills. Tennessee sucks. The Bills are four and one and one against the spread in the last six. Tennessee's three and six in their last nine against the spread. But more importantly, Tennessee doesn't have that receiving threat. Uh, that can really Robert Woods put only some had one on. catch last week. He only had one catch. He lost AJ Brown. If we, as we talked extensively last week about how AJ, how important AJ Brown was to Tennessee's well, how offense. How important a field structure is. Yeah. Well, I like Buffalo. Um, you know, 10, 10 points. I like them at fourteen. I like them a lot. I think it's a coming out party in Buffalo. I definitely think the Bills win. I mean, it's a big line. Tennessee definitely puts up a fight in these kind of games. I just don't know if they have the fight. Um, I see a Tannehill struggle. And, um, um, and they actually, uh, I think the Bills acquired a couple of the uh, their offensive linemen from the Titans. Um, Saffold and um, another guy who I don't think is a starter. But So, yeah, I don't know. All right, we're together on that one, too. So... Final game on the card is the Minnesota Vikings traveling to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a two-point favorite. So this one worries me from the Vegas perspective because we have Minnesota who came into the season with a lot of hype, um, and they kind of proved that last week. They had a big game. Um, Jefferson had two touchdowns. This is the prime time. What side of that game are you on? Which game? Uh, Green Bay, Minnesota. Uh, I, I think believe I, Green Bay, right? No, I was on the Vikings. Okay. I'm not on Aaron Rodgers. All right. I was period. on the Vikings. Um, so, but this is one where I want to watch the money because if a lot of the money ends up on the Vikings, then I'm going to go Eagles. Right now, 79% of the handle is on the Eagles. 70% of the bets is on Minnesota. So... I think Minnesota is the better team. I hope they get the win, but I'm going to follow the money on this one. So it might end up being the Eagles. All right, I'm taking the Eagles all day. Uh, they're getting less than they have to giving up less than three points at home on Monday night. Uh, Kirk Cousins is in trouble. My feeling is that Philly held back against Detroit. They didn't oh, really yes, want to they put. Back. They didn't really want to put their blitz schemes or a lot of them on film uh, from Minnesota. Watch out this week as they. I really unreal. hope the Vikings win, but oh, they are going to unleash. Watch the Eagles this 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 Monday night. We'll tell you. Listen, I'll tell you. This will be a great. This is going to be a great gauge. Because if Minnesota can come into Philadelphia it's going to t- and win the game, it's going to tell you a lot about Minnesota and how far they've come, that they'll be able to go on the road outside of the Dome and beat a quality football team like the Philadelphia Eagles. This is only week two, um, I remind you. Oh, God. But, and if the Eagles win against the Vikings, then I'm really in for it. Minnesota's 5-12 and 12 against the spread. Because the hype train is leaving the station. The last 17 games against Philly. Um, I just think that the defense is much improved and that they will get after it after looking a kind of vanilla and out of shape really in late in that game. And um, if we can get a little more of the rotations going, the uh, worry, the worry thing is I see like a couple of Kirk cousins interceptions. See, I'm not, yeah. I mean, like I'm not worried about Kirk cousins. I'm more worried about Dalvin cook because the way that, Swift ran defense, on every Yeah, end. Swift, Swift took advantage of the Eagles late. And, I mean, he was running the whole game, let's be honest. But I think that when you put Jordan Davis in there, he curtailed a lot of that running. So we got to make sure that they, they have to make sure that they keep Jordan Davis fresh so that he's effective in the fourth quarter. 
Um, and Dalvin Cook's not running up and down the field. That's where the game could get away from Phillies if Dalvin Cook can get unleashed. He could have uh, a very big game here. But I think the Phillies going to be able to, behind Fletcher Cox showing up, um, and Jordan Davis, like I mentioned, and a new linebacker backing crew, are really going to throw Minnesota off with their blitz schemes. I think Gannon's been holding back. And now that he has the personnel, he's waiting for uh, one more game at home to get a little more aggressive here. So I'll take Philly. Okay. Minus two. All right. Two We're potentially on the same side of that as much as it pains me. Okay. All right. So that will do it for us for week two. We got this one in 36 minutes. Quick. Good. All right. Uh, remember to like on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and we're available anywhere you get your podcasts. Peace out. Good luck.